From pillar to post and coast to coast. This is a one-man gang. You're listening to a book. Hey, do you watch wrestling? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to fight! Hi everyone, my name is Matthew Terry and this is the It's Time to Fight podcast and I am live from Matt Terry's big old building, a.k.a. I am once again alone in the Niagara Center YMCA, located in Welland, Ontario, Canada. Thank you so much for clicking on that play button. I appreciate every single click that that play button gets, and yes, there are a ton of play buttons out there that you can be pressing. We are on Podbean. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are on iTunes. Please, please, please go over to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. It does help. But most of all, of course, you can go to timetofight.ca. That's timetofight.ca. And you can listen to every single episode of It's Time to Fight podcast. Timetofight.ca also has every single episode of NSW Overload. It has every episode of MCW Magazine. You can go over there and you can check out both those great YouTube uh, channels. Uh, of course, hosted by New School Wrestling and Magnificent Championship Wrestling. So be sure to go over and check out timetofight.ca. If you want to follow this show on Twitter, it is at Time to Fight Pod. If you want to follow me personally, Matthew Terry, it is at Announcer Terry. So go check us out. Let's start the podcast. All right. So I am posting this episode on May 19th, 2020. And you know what that means. What that means is Happy Wife Day, everybody. Now, I realize that uh, there's, there's going to be people out there who are like, what? What the hell is Wife Day? Or, oh my God, it's Wife Day? Or, what the? I don't give a crap that it's Wife Day. There is going to be a gamut of people who have different feelings about Wife Day, and that is perfectly fine. Uh, it's also perfectly fine if um, if you look at the calendar on the wall, or on your phone, or on your iPad, or your tablet, or what have you, and 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 you notice that you know nowhere here does it say Wife Day. I, I can't find anything that says Wife Day, and that's okay. Uh, mostly because I kind of made up Wife Day. Uh, not not now. Uh, I made it up about eleven years ago. You see, I got married on November nineteenth. And the halfway or six-month or midterm point is May 19th. And the first year I was married, I made a big deal out of it. And I've tried to make a big deal out of it ever since. And I did it kind of, you know, as a, as a joke, but uh, also to do something special with my wife. Uh, but most of all, it was a genuine gesture to, to show my wife how much I truly do appreciate her. Um, because I am not the easiest son of a gun to live with. And I say that half, you know, jokingly, but in reality, you know, let's call a spade a spade. I am not the easiest guy 
to live with. And I'm not talking, um, you know, balled up socks on the floor, uh, leaving the toilet seat up, uh, dishes in the sink, uh, you know, things like that, which I do that as well. <laughs> I really do. But the big stuff. The big stuff. I am not an e- an easy son of a gun to live with. And I realize I don't talk about my wife very much on this podcast. I talk about Isaac. Okay, if you don't listen to the podcast to the very end, well, just to let you know, at the very end of every single episode of this podcast, I say, Isaac, I love you. And then you hear Isaac, uh, I think he's a year old or two years old, and you hear Isaac say, I love you too. So I encourage you just to check that out because it's cute as all hell. Um... But besides that, I don't talk about uh, my wife, Carrie Ann, very much on here. Um, that's that's not by design. I just, I don't know. I just don't. Um, but I am choosing to do it now. Because you guys might be sitting there going, Matt, what does this have to do with a wrestling podcast? I, I, I tuned in to hear about wrestling. Well, give me a second. Uh, as I said, there, there's a lot of things that my wife tolerates. Um, in In this particular column... Uh, this column we'll call um, Matt's, uh, you know, hair-brained, not schemes, but the things that Matt wants to explore that just didn't work out. Um, at one time, I think before we were married, I was going to be a uh, travel agent. And we sunk some money into it. And if you don't know, I'm not a, I'm not a travel agent. Um, I was going to be a writer and, you know, we put some money into that. Uh, I still write, but it's sure as hell not making any money. Uh, you know, so that didn't quite work out. And as many people know, I, I used to own a wine store and we sunk a whole lot of money into that, but you don't know, I don't have a wine store anymore. And all of these are just things that I wanted to explore, that that I could do. And my wife tolerated every single one. Now, the relevance to wrestling. Uh, not, not long before we got married, I purchased uh, a wrestling ring and guardrails and uh, some other accessories and a truck. And... You know, I, I bought uh, most of the stuff from my mentor, Dave Dalton. And again, wasn't cheap. Um, but I bought all this stuff and I told my soon-to-be wife that this is an investment. We're going to rent this out. It's a six-sided ring. People are going to want a six-sided ring. And I know people in the wrestling business and I'm going to rent this out and we're going to make some money. And not long after we got married, I had a three or four day span where I rented it out to Death Proof Wrestling and I spent like two or three days away and uh, worked my butt off because there was some help assembling and, you know, taking down, but not a whole lot. Um, then I, I drove home, spent a little time with my wife only to leave again and uh, go to Alpha One Wrestling on the Sunday. So for the most part, for this three- or four-day stretch, I was gone. Also among this three- or four 
day stretch. Um, the truck uh, had a major malfunction. We um, we had to buy some supplies for the ring. Um, we had to uh, like before this, we even had to buy padding. Like I have to throw this in. There's there's padding and there was. Uh, tape for the ropes and there was turnbuckles and there was all kinds of stuff to get this up to speed. Um, so even like at the end of this weekend, this money-making investment weekend, I cleared $9. I was $9 I had. Now, I realize that there's people out there, especially in the wrestling business, that are saying, dude, you cleared $9 for the weekend? That's awesome. And it is, except for the fact that I just spent three out of four days away from my wife to make $9. And as much as I love wrestling, it, it hurt. But my wife and I both said the bugs are out. The, everything is, is fixed. Everything is rectified. It's, it's all uphill from here. Let's add to the $9. Um, to kind of get into Reader's Digest mode here, over the years, um, I had to replace the turnbuckles, I had to replace the canvas, I had to replace, I don't know how many boards, uh, I had to, uh, get the ring posts re-welded, uh, hacker Scotty O'Shea put his knee through the windshield of my truck, um, which, side note, he, even though I insisted on paying the whole thing, he insisted on paying half, and we went half and half. So, you know, I give Hacker props for, for you know, insisting on, on doing it. Um, also, there, there was a time that I, I, I let someone take the ring and the truck for a quote-unquote rental, um, and then they were going to take it to another rental. And they didn't load it properly, so everything shifted, and the wheel wells in my truck just got crushed and had to be replaced. Um, long story short, as I said, this is the, the Reader's Digest version. Um, five, I think it was about five or six years later, I sold the ring and the truck and the guardrails and all that fun stuff, and... I, uh, when my wife came to see me at work, she didn't have any idea about it. And I said, sweetie, I have to tell you something. I sold my ring. And the first thing she did was look at my left hand. My wife thought that I would sell my wedding ring before I would sell that wrestling ring. And I looked at her and I said, not that ring. Like, yeah, that was cold. That was just kind of cold. But she looked at me and she said, you did what? And I, yeah. And she said, are you sure? Are you, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, yes, I am. Like, it's 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 just, it's draining us. That even with selling the ring and the truck and everything, I was still far, far, far off from breaking anywhere close to even as far as this investment was. And at no time, not once, no matter how justified it would have been, at no time did my wife say, stop, or no, or get out of it. At no time. 
And when, even though I admit she she probably should have, she really probably should have. But today, May nineteenth, two thousand and twenty, the eleventh annual Wife Day. I want to thank my wife, not only for tolerating a wrestling ring that fell apart, a truck that never really worked properly, and the constant, you know, rentals that I got screwed for or didn't make what I was supposed to or had to put more money in than I got out. But years upon years upon years of ring announcing and, you know, going to shows and doing commentary or whatever. I just, today, I want to say thank you to my wife for never once telling me to back out of my dream. And I appreciate that. Carrie Ann, I love you more than you will ever, ever know. <laughs> Alessandro Del Bruno is on the show today. And uh, Alessandro is one of those guys, I'm not quite sure how long I've known him. Um, because there's kind of that hazy period where we knew of each other, but we still didn't really talk. Um, we just didn't really interact. So I don't know exactly at what point I would have said, hey, I know Alessandro Del Bruno. Um, but I wish I knew him better because any time that I actually sit down and have a talk with this guy, even outside of a podcast environment, it's a great talk. I, I like talking to this guy. Why it took me 48, 49 episodes to get Alessandro Del Bruno on this show, I have no idea, no clue. But I'm glad I did because I got to know him even better. I got to know stuff that I had absolutely no clue about, not to mention the fact that he's writing for Ric Flair. You're going to have to wait and listen to that one. Don't worry, it comes pretty early in the in the, uh, in the the interview. Um, but just all this amazing, to me, mind-blowing stuff. So I'm not going to wait any long because it is a bit of a longer one. Uh, I'm not going to waste any more time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to fight. It's time to, uh, to get to my talk with Alessandro Del Bruno. Hello. Hello, sir. How you doing? Good. How are you, Matt? I'm doing wonderfully, let me tell you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so are you usually a night owl? or? I usually am, yeah. I, honestly, I think during these times I've become more of one, actually. I don't know what it is, but uh, I guess I'm um, taking advantage of the full day. <laughs> well, are, are you not working or? No, no, I I actually am working from home, so uh, oh okay, I get that benefit. Yeah, so I guess because I'm doing uh, work during the day for eight hours of uh, actual work, then I get the rest of the night to uh, spend uh, uh, to myself, really. So what is it that you do? So I work for the uh, Hamilton Tire Cats and Ford. Oh, FC do you really? This... Yeah. So yeah. So obviously they're not playing currently, but. Um, we uh, we're still able to do a lot of work on different projects. So they've kind of uh, created this uh, team project that we've broken off into three separate groups and 
decided to uh, work on a major project for them throughout the year. And then with the um, the Grey Cup coming to Hamilton next year, it's it's also a time for us to kind of get a jump start on that as much as we can. Okay. So, yeah. Keep, yeah, so we're keeping busy. So what ex- what exactly is that you do? So for me, uh, I'm the uh, manager of uh, game day production and events. Okay. So, what is that? So I do a lot. So so it's a lot of uh, planning and executing. Uh, so basically, my role is to plan out. So like if if we're in season, my my goal is to plan out um, how game day is going to go and look. Whether that me that mostly in game, right? So whether it's going to be the entertainment um, of that's going to happen, what's going to play on the video board, how it plays on the video board, like scripting that all out, um, then going through what our um, entertainment looks like, our giveaways, our mascot spots, everything that encompasses basically the show, the running of a show, similar to wrestling, Yeah, uh, is what I take care of. And then I on game day have I'm responsible for executing those things. So I'm there on the field on the sidelines, making sure everything is going off uh, without a hitch with um, the director from the top looking over everything. So. Okay. So yeah. you're, you're kind of like, well on game day, you're kind of like in the gorilla position, making sure everybody's where they need to be and when. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, he, my director is on the top and I'm more, exactly gorilla position on the floor so i'm a little more hands-on than he is but yeah he oversees everything and then i just kind of roll it all out as well okay so um i i've had jim nye the science guy on here who is now pigskin pete so i would assume that the two of you work closely together because he would be part of the entertainment wouldn't he not absolutely he's uh he was uh part of my team i mean i would say he's under my watch as you would say yes <laughs> which is kind of which is kind of funny uh because of where we both came from but uh but also not that far off because we came from uh, a world of entertainment as you would say yeah. um so we kind of know how this all works we know how to work the crowd we know when to hit our cues this is all like our bread and butter right so uh yeah he's very close to uh the production side of things so Easy for me to work with him on game days for sure. Well, that's cool. So now, now Jim or Jeff, I guess he's not Jim, not a science guy anymore. Um, Jeff is like a lifetime Tigats fan. Are you a lifetime Tigats fan, or is this just something you that is this the job that you just got? Or no, absolutely not a Tigats fan at all. Oh, okay, <laughs> I think I've. I've, uh, it's not that I'm not a fan. Uh, I think it was more, I didn't become a fan until I got the job. Obviously I've never been a football fan in general. Um, I never follow the NFL or the CFL. Um, so I never, I'm more of a soccer guy, obviously. Yes. Um, so, so I never followed that at all. And, um, but my career path, I, I took sports management. So I knew I wanted to be in sports, uh, no matter what. Um, so that job came up and, um, the opportunity to do an internship in Hamilton with the Ticats came up for me. And, uh, I did that for a seven months, actually. I did a seven month internship for a whole, a whole season back like three years ago. Right. So, 
that kind of presented itself, and then that's how I obviously learned the ropes, became a fan of the team, and now I uh, ultimately uh, moved up in the company, and here I am today, I guess. That. I I never knew that. I have known you for how many years, and I never even, I never had an inkling. <laughs> never. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I don't honestly think too, too many people know, and maybe unless you've listen to uh, hackers stories on his podcast about the job and how he's come to a couple games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause hacker is a, is a football fan. Yeah. I mean, he's, I think he's more of just like, he supports the city when he can. He enjoys going out and, uh, you know, seeing a game or, or what it may be. But uh, I think uh, the one time he came was more because he wanted to see Ric Flair. And that was a, a fun experience, so that that was a, a good day for sure. Well, I was, I was going to mention that because Ric Flair was there last year. Was it last year he was there? Uh, yeah, I think it was last year or the season before. I'm not sure exactly. I think it was the season before that, actually, yes. Oh, okay. So yeah. at, the, at the risk of sounding like, you know, I would go, well, I know I would be marking out. Like, yeah. were you the one, like, handling, like, okay, Mr. Flair, like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I was. So did you mention so, to him, like, hey, you know, hey, I'm I'm kind of a wrestler myself? No, I didn't. No? <laughs> See, you know, like, go, being in the business, it's you, you get that vibe where it's never, you never want to be that guy who walks up to somebody that's in the business forever and is, like, a legend like that and be like, hey, I'm a wrestler. Like, that's not the go-to thing to do. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. That's just how I feel about it, so. Um, I never did that to him, but, um, <laughs> a lot of people say I should have, but I don't think that's the way. <laughs> well, uh, how, how many people do you think walk up and say like, I'm an aspiring wrestler or I am a wrestler? Like what's Ric Flair yeah. really going to say? Like, Hey, good for you. <laughs> yeah. What is he going to do? Hey, oh, cool. Do you, do you want me to call Vince really quick for <laughs> you? <Yeah, exactly>. Like, <laughs> Sight unseen. Like, you want me to get you a job? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I would, uh. I remained professional, I guess you could say. And yeah, so I was with him like for the entire day that he was there. And I was his like right hand man. It was hilarious. Uh, earlier in that week, I'll tell you the little story here. Sure. Uh, yeah, so earlier in that week, my boss had told me that this is all happening. You know, they got him to come down and cut a few promos before for the team and stuff like that. And social media saying that he's coming for the big playoff game. And Everyone was amped up. Ticket sales went up through the roof, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then, so my boss had mentioned, obviously knowing that I'm a wrestler and stuff like that, he said, um, well, you you need to write some lines for Rick. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, you need to write lines for him. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, he's like, yeah, you need to write like scripted lines so that he can say, and our plan is when he gets into the building the day of in the morning, which is what he was doing, he was flying in early morning, we're going to, the game was at like one o'clock. So he was going to come right to the stadium. He was going to come in. We we're going to shoot him on a green screen, saying these lines. And then we were going to edit them. We we're going to turn around, edit them immediately and play them during the game to prompt fans to cheer. So, 
and like he would be decked out in his jersey and stuff like that. So it was a crazy operation, but a really good one. And so, so you're writing a Ric Flair promo for? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so basically, I'm writing lines like one liner hits. Yeah, like mixing his his wrestling verbiage with tie cat verbiage, so that he needed to say so that people would obviously prompt the crowd crowd to obviously cheer right so yeah i'm writing these lines just like what is happening with my life right now <laughs> right and then it, come the day of um my manager and boss at the time he was just like okay well you're gonna you're gonna produce these lines with him so i'm like okay sounds good <laughs> i meet it he he walks into the building i meet with him me and my boss we go into the green room with him we sit down we hang out with him and his wife for a good 30 minutes. We just start talking and he's treating us all like we're like just like a million bucks. Yeah. Like he's to- totally cool. And he, and then we're like, okay, you think you want to hit those uh, green screen shots right now? I like, yeah, no problem. Where do you want to do it? Let's do it right now. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I, st- and I start reading them off these lines and this guy, here's the line one time. And I'm, telling you sometimes it's like okay three words but sometimes it's like a full-on sentence yeah and he's does it in one shot doesn't even like hesitate just hits it every single time makes it better like an absolute pro and uh there's a couple shots of us like on screen on video like uh, on a green screen me and him yeah so i, I have though i've never shared those but like they're <laughs> hilarious it's just hilarious. It's like me in, in like my tie cat like uh, headset and like he's like standing there all decked out with shades and a blazer and a jersey. It's it's crazy. And then uh, yeah, I'd like I told him the whole protocol of how to come onto the field, cut his promo in the middle, where to stand, the team's gonna come around him and like do a big like helmet salute and then get off the field. Like he literally did it perfectly and and um, everything just was like couldn't have gone better. And then as soon as he was done, he just walked through the back and took took the next car to Hamilton Airport to fly away. <laughs> so he didn't even stick around. No, he didn't. He couldn't. Oh, he couldn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just like a quick flight in the morning, and then a quick flight at at night there, the or uh, in the afternoon that got him out. Yeah. So it was a quick, it was a quick in and out for him, and it, I'm sure a great payday, but uh, an exciting day for me. Well, and and I, like you and I both know, like you bring in a name to the some like some of like wrestling shows that we do, and they sit in the corner and they're so disinterested, and this is what they do, like this is this is their livelihood, but they sit in a corner, yeah. or they kind of you know just you know, state of themselves and they might take a nap and then, you know, like, Oh, is it, is, you know, is it my turn? Like, okay. And yeah, but you know, Ric Flair walking into like, I, is Ric Flair a football fan? Like, did you get that vibe or? No, I don't think he was a, necessarily a football fan, but I, I do, I guess I did I'd like to mention one part of the story. Um, my boss at the time that did get him to come in, um, he had worked for the Tampa Bay Rays in Florida for 10 years. And he had gotten so many of these wrestlers to come down to Tampa when he was down there, yeah. obviously being in Florida. 
and and do all these like one night promotions at, at at baseball games, right? Massive baseball games. Yeah, I'm I'm and a huge baseball works. fan, so like I I I've heard of a lot of the things that the Tampa Bay Rays would do because I was like envious of yeah. them. Like, man, I wish the Blue Jays did shit like this. Like, yeah. So he was the marketing director of that team, and so he he knew Rick. Like, so when Rick came in and we talked, it was like he was talking to like one of his buddies. So it made it very easy, and Rick was in a, like obviously he was in a great mood all night because he was very close with uh, my manager there. So everything went off pretty well. So See, yeah, it's, but, it, yeah, that, that's the part that amazes me. As I said, like I'm so used to names, quote unquote, coming in just keeping to themselves and not really seeming excited to be there. But it sounds like he walked in and was just like engaging right off the bat. Yeah, totally was. Totally was. Funniest part about it, he walked into Tim Hortons Field with a Starbucks cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> or I could see that yeah. being, yeah, amusing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, but you see, I, I don't know if I could hold my tongue. Like, I, see, doing stuff like that, like writing lines and like, okay, so Mr. Flair, I'm, I'm going to tell you what to say. I would be like... You know, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I can't believe I'm saying this to Ric Flair. Like, okay, Mr. Flair, this is what I want you to say. So I don't know if I can yeah. hold my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I never, pre- I never presented it like I wrote them or anything oh, like okay. that. I just said, here are the lines. You know, I didn't want to be that, uh, you know, have that responsibility put on me by Rick, obviously. <laughs> but well, it's. Uh... Now, it's like when you bring someone in, you say, okay, this is what I want. It's a lot easier if they do what you ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like I I asked people, uh, like Dave Dalton, who's my mentor, uh, he did some job work for WWF. And yeah. I said, uh, like, or he, he was telling a story and kind of in passing, he had mentioned Vince McMahon. I said, oh, like, did you did you meet Vince McMahon? And he says, Oh yeah, you know he he came up and you know shook my hand and everything. I said, oh well, what'd you say to him? And he's just like, I said, you know, hello. You know, he's like, well, what what am I supposed to do? Like, hey, you want an eight by ten? Like, hey, I'm Cornerstone Dave Dalton. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, no, it's, exactly. It's to, it's to me, it's just like you know, I I I I would probably like, I I don't even know what I would do. And then John Boland, do you know John? Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do know that. Windsor. Yes, at a Windsor. Um, yeah, he, yeah. He yeah. used to come up to Ontario and do work for us, and then he got into uh, WWE, and yeah. um, he he told the story that um, he 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 so his friend had a tryout, um, and he came along, and I guess if I get the story right, um, they said, well, why don't you guys be a tag team? Like uh, he said, oh, this is my friend John. He's a worker too. Okay, well, why don't you guys be a tag team? Well, after the match, it was. Uh, you know, oh, um, Vince wants to talk, to, or no, sorry, not Vince. Um, uh, who was it? Maybe it was John Laurinaitis or something. And yeah. they said, oh, you know, John Laurinaitis wants to talk to you. And uh, his friend was like, oh, man, they liked you better than they liked me. So, <laughs> you know, and he, uh, John said, like, you know, I, he was, you know, oh, my God, I'm going to talk to John Laurinaitis. And you know, he's sitting there and he's practicing like, you know, John Boland, very nice to meet you. <clears throat> John Boland, very nice to meet you. Uh, J- John Boland, very nice to meet you. And he's practicing. 
And then he hears a voice say, uh, you know, John Bolin. And he turns around and he goes, John Bolin, very nice to meet you. And the man goes, Vince McMahon, very nice to meet you too. And he said, like, he just froze. Because <laughs> he was so oh expecting God. John Laurinaitis to be behind him. And it was Vince McMahon that came up and said, hey, you know, really, really liked what uh, what you did. And yeah. But I asked him the same thing. I said, well, what'd you say to him? And he's just like, well, you know, I just like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm expecting people to say. Just like, oh, my God, you're Vince McMahon. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but everybody tells me Vince McMahon just has like this aura to him, like that you just. He's Vince McMahon. Like, you just don't talk to him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sure he does. Mm. So, now, um, last, what was it, last week, I, I sent that match to you, and you said you're collecting as as, uh, as yeah. much as much as you can, or now is this for, like, yeah, posterity, yeah. or what's the idea behind this? I don't, I don't, honestly, I think it's just maybe my OCD, but I've I noticed over the past, like, maybe a year, or yeah, maybe a year or two that I've like I oh like I'm looking through my results. Like obviously I write down all my results and I'm just like, man, I have like almost all of my matches. And I'm just like, wouldn't it be cool if I like collected every single match so wherever I am down the road or whatever this leads me to, I can at least say I almost have every single match on file that I can go back and take a look at. Um so I, out of all the hundreds and hundreds of matches that I've had, I've, I'm really only about like 30 matches away from having my entire collection of matches, um, which is pretty crazy to me. But uh, it, it's an ongoing struggle. But I, I must thank all these promoters recently that have gotten back to me and not just promoters, guys like you as well. Yeah. That it just got me been able to find me these matches. It takes a little bit of uh you know, CSI investigation to see who has what, but eventually I'm I'm digging up some uh some gems. Uh, obviously some matches aren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why I'm collecting them. I just kinda wanna try to collect them all really. Yeah. Well so like I, I myself, like I think I mentioned it last week or the week before, or whatever it was on the podcast about how um, I've been in wrestling now for like 15 years, and I've essentially mm-hmm. carried a video camera with me for 15 years, like different video cameras and different quality and such. But when uh, when everything went sideways with the pandemic, that's when I started like looking at all these uh, uh, hard drives. And just like, oh, wow, yeah. like, I have that. Oh, wow, I have that. Oh, wow, I have that. And, like, because I, I, essentially I would videotape something, and then I'd turn it into a file, and i just put it onto a hard drive. And then once the hard drive yep. was full, I'd just go buy another hard drive. So yeah. uh, I, it, it was kind of half of, like, my wife just saying, like, can you just tidy this up? Because, like, I have a little area of the basement, and it's kind of messy. And so I, I started, like, realizing, like, wow, I got a, I got a crap load of hard drives. And so, of course, I start going yeah. through them because I'm labeling them and I'm trying to, you know, date them and everything. But, yeah, there's a lot of, like, early UWA stuff and, uh, like, promotions that I only worked for once because they only ran once. And, mm-hmm. you know, just all kinds of, like, really weird stuff and funny stuff. But um, now, I when I had a Hacker on the show here, he kind of yep. dropped the bomb about how... Um, like, did he get married? Like, I know they missed out on the Vegas thing. 
But did he, did they uh, actually get married or? No, no, they didn't. They didn't. I didn't think they get, did. No, no, not, not but, yet. No, because of all the stuff. Yeah, I I knew they had done without the Vegas, but I didn't know if they had gone ahead and you know Justice of the Peace or something like that. Yeah, I think originally their plan was to do like a smaller gathering, but then they came up with the law of like you can't even have a small gathering of people. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. But he, he kind of everything so. He kind of dropped, like, he, he said, like, yeah, we're going to add to the family. And I said, oh, you're getting another dog. And he goes, no. Because I had, <laughs> when I had spoken to him before, like, about children, I think when I, yeah. when my son was on the way. And he said, oh, you know, I'm, I, no, I'm, I'm not going to have kids. Like, you know, that's, that's not a thing with me and, uh, and, uh, yeah. and Rosalind. And uh, so when he said, yeah, we're going to add to the family, I'm like, oh. And I said, and I said, like, just so nobody misunderstands, they're getting another dog. And he's like, no. Yeah. And I'm just like, wait, what? (laughs) So, yeah. So, like, they were talking about having children. And, Mm -hmm. like, I know you're not you're not married that long, are you? No, no, not at all. About about a year now or maybe a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Coming up on a year next month, so. So, do you have plans on having kids? Uh, in the future, not as fast as Kurt probably, <laughs> but uh, definitely, definitely in the future for sure. But like, see, like the reason I ask is I'm I'm very envious of of wrestlers and like you guys, and like now that you're collecting all this footage, like I have Isaac um, being a ring announcer. Like the first time he ever saw me on video being a ring announcer, he was just like, hey, daddy's in the ring. And then daddy gets out of the ring and he loses interest. And I'm only in the yeah. ring for like maybe five minutes. Whereas mm-hmm. I would love to have a compilation like like you guys can put together and say, yeah, that's what daddy did. Yeah. But, you know, that was just never came to be. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I think that's, yeah, I think that would be great to show my kid one day down the road a little collection here of uh, the little hobby on the side, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, is is that some of the thinking, like, to have to show future generations, oh, yeah, let's say? Sure. Yeah, for sure. I think for me personally, it's a collection for myself, but uh, also for, like, yeah, my kids down the road just to kind of see. Because who knows, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe he might not or she might not be old enough to actually see me wrestle. Yeah. So at least I, at least I have these tapes um, and I could uh, show them something to, you know, just reference on. See what I, I, well, I still do it to an extent is uh, I, I get people to sign eight by tens for Isaac and Isaac has yeah, like this huge sure. collection of eight by tens. That's awesome. But my fear is like, I've been doing this since even before he was born. Um, my fear is that he's going to grow up and look at these pictures and go like, why do I have all these stupid pictures? <laughs> like he's not going to be into wrestling at all. And he's just going to be like looking at it like, why do I have these? <laughs> yeah. And actually before I would collect them for Isaac, I would collect them for Carrie Ann, um, who, you know, is my right. wife. Um, yep. she is not a wrestling fan at all. Like, Period. No wrestling fan in her. But I would get people like Carlito and Raven and all these people to sign to Carrie Ann, and then they'd write like a little message or something. 
And I'd bring right. them home and like, honey, I got you an eight by 10. And she would just look at me like, why? Like, why would you get me all these? <laughs> and because I said, one day I'm going to turn, um, we had this extra room, which is now Isaac's nursery. So change of plans. But um, yeah, we, she always said that she wanted this office. So I'm like, when I build your office, I'm going to get all these framed and I'm going to put them up on the wall. And she's like, why? Why would you put all these on my office wall? And like, so when people walk in and go like, oh, cool, you have a picture of Raven that you're going to look at the wall and go like, okay, who the fuck's Raven? <laughs> like, wh <laughs> which of these is Raven? Or like, you know, oh, my God, that's Carlito. Like, which one? Which is Carlito? <laughs> yeah. So that's too good. And like my, my godson, I used to collect stuff for him and, right. um, for his birthday, he loved monkeys. So I got him this big stuffed monkey and I had gotten a Lucha mask from a show. So I put the Lucha mask on the monkey and he takes the monkey or they take the monkey and they put it in the corner of his room. And she said, just one day they were sitting there playing and he just walked over and just tore the mask off the monkey <laughs> And just started wearing it, and he wouldn't take it off. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say he gave a pal driver to the monkey or something amazing like that. No. That no, but actually, my funny, and I know we're supposed to be talking to you, but now you're reminding me of all these cool stories. Um, no, it's all good. A buddy of mine used to babysit uh, these two kids, and I, I stopped by to pick something up or drop something off or something like that, and when I walked in the door... He was, you know, reprimanding one of the kids and he's like, you know, you do not give your your sister the pile driver. And he's like, I didn't. And like, no, I saw <laughs> you give your your sister the pile driver. And he's like, I didn't give her the pile driver. And he's like, I watched you. I was standing right there. I watched you do. And he's like, I didn't do that. And I, I look at my buddy and I said, Paul, just a second. And I said, you know, little dude might not know what a pile driver is. And he's like, yeah. Oh, good call. So he like looks at him. He says. Did you put your, your sister's head between your legs, lift her up, and then sit down? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so that's a pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Sounds like my childhood. Oh, really? Like we're, we're pile driving my, how, how, my siblings. Like have you been, are you like a lifelong wrestling fan? or? Oh, yeah. My brother got me into it when I was like, I can't even remember. He, well, obviously he was in young early ages and he got me into it right away um and he would always be doing moves on me every time <laughs> yeah my my brother is nine years older than i am and yeah. I, I i honestly i can't remember how i became a wrestling fan um yeah like my dad was like kind of a casual wrestling fan and my brother knew of wrestling but I don't know if I found it on TV or if, like, my best friend, I, I have a small memory of going to his house and seeing wrestling. So I don't know yeah, how I became sure. a wrestling fan, but as, I know that as soon as I saw it, it was just like, oh, my God, that's that's amazing. So my brother, yeah. nine years older than me, would, like, use me as, like, his sling buddy. <laughs> For sure. Exactly. Yeah. Until, because, like, my brother would, like, love to put me in, like, headlocks and stuff. And... I think I was about 16 and my brother put me in a headlock and then I grabbed him around the waist and stood up and he's never put me in a headlock uh -oh. since. <laughs> <laughs> the moment he realized that Matt could lift him up. <laughs> uh, that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so what, what sure. are, 
as a lifelong wrestling fan, what are your early memories of wrestling? Like, how old are you? I'm 30. Are you? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were younger yeah. than that, so it was... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is, this is uh, yeah, 15 years in wrestling, too, so... So what are some of your early memories time. of getting into wrestling? Uh, getting it, yeah, I mean, I it's hard to remember the exact moment because my brother probably got me into some random match, random show, um, maybe on a Monday night or something like that. But for me, like, uh, we would always rent videotapes from Blockbuster and while well, we were being babysat by my grandparents and we would always watch them. Um, but I think one of my biggest memories is like Shawn Michaels Vader. It's probably SummerSlam. That's like one of my biggest memories, I think, like as, from the start, I think. Um, <laughs> back then, geez, <sighs> Legion of Doom, like the, those were the times that I remember the most. Yeah. I think. Those guys for sure, those three. See, the, and there's the difference because I'm 12 years older than you. And mm-hmm. when when I got into wrestling, I I I do remember that um, like I, I'm from the Ottawa area, and Gatineau Hall um, was part of the uh, the AWA, and yeah. they had like international wrestling that came on every Saturday. So that's what I was watching was AWA international wrestling. So yeah, never. I'm growing up with Dino Bravo and Rick Martel <laughs> and Steve Strong slash Steve DeSalvo. Um, Abdul the Butcher, and, like, I'm, like, eight years old, and I remember, like, Rick Martel smashing a beer bottle on his head um, because he's, like, really mad at Steve DeSalvo. And, I re- like, and again, eight years old, I'm, like, watching this and just, like, oh, my God. And I remember my brother taping, and this is, like, I, I don't know how long I watched international wrestling, but that was my thing. And then WWF had a Saturday Night's Main Event. My brother taped it for me. And I had never seen WWF. And Hulk Hogan was on there, and I fell in love with Hulk Hogan. And then my brother, um, or not my brother, sorry, I think it was, this was years ago, I think my dad told me, the next time I watched a Saturday Night's Main Event is when King Kong Bundy broke Hulk Hogan's ribs. And at eight years old, I'm thinking King Kong Bundy has just broken Hulk Hogan's ribs. <laughs> and Oh my god. Yeah, and so those are my early memories is like, you know, King Kong Bundy breaking Hogan's ribs and him being wheeled out, like struggling for a breath and me going, Oh my God, Hulk Hogan's gonna die and then, oh, well, we're going to take King Kong Bundy and Hulk Hogan, we're going to put him inside of a cage at WrestleMania 2, and just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so so that's that's the difference. Like, both great generations. Yeah, a little like, different. Yeah, a little different there. But <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say, like, even my age, they always say, like, oh, they remember Hogan and stuff, and Hogan was their guy. And I was just like, I don't remember Hogan at all. Like, I don't know what it was. Maybe I just wasn't tuned in at that moment, like, fully. But, um, yeah, like, more of the Sean era, I guess. Well, yeah, it was it was more of an athletic, like, your yeah, your probably. generation kind of was more of an athletic. You were starting to get into the Shawn Michaels, yeah. Bret Hart, uh, yeah, that exactly. type of thing. Yeah. It was just more, 
Yeah, I was just more in tune with that. Maybe I just saw the Hogan stuff. I just wasn't interested in it so much. Well, yeah, but well, you look at Shawn Michaels, you look at Hulk Hogan, and like those are two totally different styles. Like you're going yeah, to kind of sure. to attach to one. So yeah, when sure. do you decide to start wrestling? Um. Oh, geez. <laughs> decide, decide wrestling. Oh, decide um, or how how does this come to be or because like I know well, you, you and you and Scotty are kind of like connected parallel at the hip almost. Like in in history, yeah, like I mean, were you guys friends before this or? No, no, we weren't at all. Um, Kurt Scotty, sorry. He, oh, either or doesn't matter. He went matter. to a totally totally different school. Um, we never knew each other before. Um, I knew about him because I'd been to one of the shows uh, that he did um, at the school, the Living Legends Wrestling Academy. Um, so I think what it was is I was so much into wrestling that um, I actually knew Steve Gillen and Ian Rayburn, also known as uh, Matt Bison and Blade at the time, Okay. Um, who were good friends with Rip. They were all wrestling at UWA at the time. Um, and basically they told me about the school. I was really interested. I was like doing like, I didn't do backyard. I did wrestling in my house like I was putting on shows in my living room <laughs> so um, I would like always be in contact with these guys I knew them like well because my brother actually worked with the, one of them and we just kind of were all connected and they told me about the school so I went and watched one of the shows that's where I saw Kurt I never met him but I saw him and then um, I'm like okay this is the coolest school ever and then I heard about UWA hardcore so I went to uh, one of their shows, and one of their shows I like immediately fell in love with. Uh, so I knew that there was indie wrestling in town. I knew there was a school, so I knew there was like an option or a way that this could all happen for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think once I realized that what I was watching on TV, like Sean and Ray, was a possibility close to home, it was easy for me. So. Uh, I asked my parents if I could uh, join a school, and and I told them how much it is per month, and they said, well, you get a job and you pay for it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, sounds good. So I went out and got the job. And So what was my, the job? Uh, what was the job? I was just, My first job was uh, I worked at Food Basics, a grocery store. Okay, nothing wrong so, with that at all. <laughs> no, for sure. How old, of, how old are you at this point? Job. I was uh, 15, going on 16. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I walked into the school on the first day, and um, I did a few things in the ring that um, were um, quite funny because Kurt absolutely hated me for them immediately. <laughs> he, thought I was, he thought I was trying to show him up or show everybody up and be more athletic than everyone, and yeah, he hated me for the longest time, and then uh, eventually we became friends, and we started going UWA shows together and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, really early stages was Sean Ray. Then I realized there was a school. Then I f basically fell in love with independent wrestling and early ROH, and um, Alex Shelley obviously played a huge role in 
being one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, uh, I just noticed and watched his career path, and I was always wanted to do the indie thing, so that was a big thing. Yeah, I I always because you, you get asked asked all the time like who's your favorite wrestler and things like that, and I've I've always said like I kind of went through stages where. You know, I remember seeing, like, Hulk Hogan and going, like, wow. And then, you know, I saw Andre the Giant and went, wow. And then, um, you know, saw Rey Mysterio and just went, wow. And, you know, all these people. Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw Alex Shelley. And just whenever someone would show me something, like, totally different. Or it was just something totally different than everything else. And, uh, you know, Shelley, with his style, made me go, wow. And just... Um, and like recently you were supposed to work with them. Was that, would that have been the first time? Yeah, that would have been the first time. So you, and of course that got, uh, that got delayed because of the pandemic. So you must've been a little yeah. disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, probably, uh, only a pandemic, uh, <laughs> could have stopped, could have stopped that match from happening. Really my personal dream match what's finally about to happen after 15 years of wrestling uh, and a pandemic stopped it. So yeah, pretty crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that, um, that even that match even got considered to happen and was booked to happen. And they made you know, graphics for it to happen. And yeah, it was, it's real. There was a graphic, right? Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate Ben and uh, Crossbody for that. And, uh, and it was really cool. Obviously, uh, Alex reached out to me, so that was like a really cool in itself. And uh, we had a chat about it, and um, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that it will happen in the future. So he <laughs> reached, he like reached that. out before it got canceled. No, after it got canceled. Oh, after it got canceled. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he okay. Didn't know yeah, so when everything came about and every 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 show got canceled pretty much, he reached out and was uh we were chatting about it. And he was very cool. Like we've met once before um at a Smash show when he was at Smash. Oh, okay. Where, uh, yeah, he worked uh Mike actually um in a singles and I had to go to that show. Um obviously one of my buddies wrestling Shelley was really cool for me. Now which so Mike? I Rollins? Saw that. Yeah, Rollins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, we met before there. Obviously, he probably didn't remember me much. <laughs> uh, we never kept in contact or anything like that. Um, but as soon as like the match was on, like um, we have each other on Twitter and stuff like that. And he reached out after it was canceled, and uh, you know he was very appreciative of how much he knew the match meant to him or meant to me really. And we talked about it and he said, uh, hopefully we can make it happen in the future, obviously. Well, wow, that's that's awesome of him to do that. Yeah, he's a really, obviously, class act guy for sure. I well, mean, people, people say don't meet your heroes. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the first time I ever met uh, Alex, um, actually, I don't know if it was the first or second, the first time I actually talked to him. Um, yeah. I'm going to, uh, actually, I'm going to say it's like the second time because the first time I met him, I went down to Michigan to, to see a show and he got injured and oh, really, yeah. And well, not at the show. He had gotten injured like the day or two before. 
And okay. I remember like he came and he cut a promo and he like he had his arm in a sling or something. And um but I I had no idea who Alex Shelley was at that point. I I didn't have a clue and it didn't mean anything to me. And you know, after the show we're all standing around and he was standing there and I think I might have said like five or six words to him just kind of, you know, just in the conversation. And then mm-hmm. the next time um, we had, uh, when I worked for UWA in Ottawa, he was booked to come in and, uh, I think TNA, I think it was their first pay-per-view when they had like a 20 man gauntlet and I still yeah. didn't know Alex Shelley and I'm watching yeah. this and he's in the gauntlet and like, I thought like, wow, like, you know, I, I, I really like this guy. And then it, he had pulled an injury thing where he went outside the ring and, you know, and maybe I know, I know a lot of people do it, but you you look at something and you're like, oh, I, I don't think that's part of the act. And yep. I looked at him just like, oh, crap. And this is like a week before he's coming down for us. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, I think Alex Shelley is actually hurt. And I'm in my head. I'm thinking, what are we going to do about the show? And I'm thinking this as I'm watching the match. And then at one point, Alex Shelley gets up, pops into the ring, and it was like all part of the act. And so the next, when he came down a week later, I said to him, I said, you know, take it for what it is. You actually had me last week with the whole injured outside the ring. And he just started laughing. <laughs> and I said, like, <laughs> I, I thought I was going to have to call Dave and like, do you know that Alex Shelley's injured? <laughs> so that was the, that was my first interaction really with, with Alex Shelley. Like that, I guess, meant anything. That's good. He worked you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but like my my like is your wife a wrestling fan like i know I've, i see her uh, at shows from time to time but no she i wouldn't say she's a wrestling fan in general i think she she enjoys it like i mean she'll when she comes to the show she she enjoys herself for sure um but she doesn't uh sort it out or anything like that if you would say because when my wife sits down with me and i'm watching wrestling every once in a while i'll Especially in WWE, because it's I find it kind of very cookie cutter. Um, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll start seeing a sequence, and I'll just sit there and I'll kind of say it under my breath, and I'll say what's coming next, and what yeah. what I say comes next, and then you know, or they're going up on the rope, and like I I just pick out something, and I'll say like, okay, they're going to move, and then they jump, and sure enough, the person moves, and my wife will look at me and go, "Why do you watch this?" <laughs> <laughs> Why do you watch this if you know exactly what's going to happen? And I, I, I don't know. Like, do you ever find yourself doing that? Oh yeah, for sure. I do that all the time. <laughs> like, I, I, uh, she I, catches... I don't mean to say it yeah, out loud. She's... I just kind of say it under my breath. But she'll pick it up and she'll, why do you watch this? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that's the the beauty of it because, like, when we're watching it and that doesn't happen, that that just makes it even better. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. So if it, that, I think that's the beauty of it. But I, I, yeah, I get caught doing it all the time, especially especially in bigger groups. Uh, like we usually do, like you know, some of the big pay per views. We do like big gatherings for them. Um, a lot of my my cousins and stuff, they're big fans of uh, the product. So we do like big WrestleMania parties or big Royal Rumble parties, and and my wife's always into those ones because there's a group of us. And yeah. It's always fun. So, yeah, I do them in those settings, too. It's quite funny. 
Uh, that, that I think that's why I, I like more obscure, like I, I'll I'll say independent promotions, um, but especially mm-hmm. especially like Chikara because Chikara is always you know trying to be different. So I like watching Chikara because yeah. you can't really call everything that's going to happen, or even to an extent For Ring sure. of Honor. Like yeah. they're always trying to be a little more innovative and a little more creative. But I just I find yeah. WWE like too cookie cutter, and, and you know NXT is not so much, but still it's I don't know. Yeah, for sure. So that that's why like I'm not a huge. I'll, I actually this year, and I, I mentioned this before on the podcast, how every year, um, my wife, I'll, I'll say it, she lets me get the WWE <laughs> Network, um, yeah. in like beginning of January. And because right, right. we're going into the Royal Rumble, because that that's my postseason in wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Is going into the Royal Rumble, and then from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, and then I cancel the network after WrestleMania. And she she lets me do this every year. Like it's not like we can't afford it. It's just she knows that any other time of year I don't watch it. So we're yeah, paying like we're paying like fifteen yeah. bucks a month for something I don't watch. And even yeah, exactly. even between January and let's say March, April, um, I'm only watching the pay per views because that's my postseason, and we're building up to WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's that's she'll actually sit down, she'll watch Royal Rumble with me, and she'll watch WrestleMania because she knows those are the the big ones. Exactly. So, um, did you watch WrestleMania this year? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Because I, I, I actually didn't because the, the, the whole empty arena thing, when it started, it turned me off. I said, I just don't yeah. think I'm going to enjoy WrestleMania. Now, I kind of resent yeah, it because, sure. you know, like I've since searched out the, the Boneyard match and the Funhouse match, and they did those little things like that. But did, did you like WrestleMania or? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I I liked it for what it was. It's hard, obviously, like you said, it's hard with no fans to to get that same excitement, same feel for WrestleMania. Because I mean, let's face it, it's not the same kind of WrestleMania with no fans. Yeah, um, you're not gonna get that authentic reactions and re- and vibes from a WrestleMania with no fans. But it was totally like it's cool. Like it was totally different. Um, had a different feel to it. Obviously, they did different matches to try to take your mind off of it. Um, so they had different stipulations for different matches, and I thought it was cool. And I was definitely intrigued for two two nights, especially. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, again, like I I searched out the ones that that intrigued me after the fact because every year I go into yep. WrestleMania, and more so lately, they they announce all the matches, and I kind of sit there like. Ah, there's nothing really that's standing out to me. Like there's matches like, oh, you you always say like, well, if they get time, that could be a good match, and if they let them be creative and what have you. But right. every every year, as soon as WrestleMania comes on the screen and you see fifty, sixty, seventy, hundred thousand people, and they're all going nuts right away, you're you're going nuts, and like even the most simplest of matches. But this year, I'm just like, yeah, well, that's... without the crowd, I'm just I just canceled, yeah. and maybe I. I regret that to a point. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. I think uh, you know you're totally right. It's like when you see those people, like that gets you excited. The matches can all be terrible, but it's like you see the people and you're you're excited, right? Yeah. Uh, but I agree, and it it does 
lose its um I don't know what I'm looking for here, but I, I for sure for you watching it after the fact, that's probably like you watched an episode of Raw or SmackDown. Well, yeah. Like and, and even right. with Raw and SmackDown these days, like I'll read the the reviews or the results and then I'll go search out if anything intrigues me from that. Yeah. So, exactly. And that's so, even with crowds. Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I mean, right? Yeah. So, but WrestleMania, yeah, it just it, I don't know. It just didn't seem the same to me and and plus my wife's always she's she's a she's a penny pincher. So she's <laughs> a penny pincher, bean counter, whatever you want to call it, like any little money she can save then she saves. Like with this podcast. That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. That's oh not no, no, thing. no, no. Oh, trust me cuz when this pandemic hit, um mm-hmm. again, my wife is a planner and all the money like that we can save just goes away. So when this whole thing went sideways, her and I were just kind of like, okay, like it kind of sucks, but she had prepared for this. So Absolutely. Yeah, so that was great. Now, I got called back to work and she's still making more money on unemployment than I am at work, which is a kick in the nads, but you know, (laughs) but yeah, so that's, as you said, that's not a bad thing, but she's, even when she decided that we were going to have kids, like, yeah, I I think I've told this story on the podcast, but if I haven't, um, when I was courting my wife, uh, she said that she had absolutely no interest in, in being a mother. She had no interest in having kids at all. And even when I proposed to her, like afterwards she said, well, I hope you realize that I still have no interest in being a mother. Cause like I've always adored children. I've always wanted children. Right. And, and I told her like, yeah, I thought of that, but I decided that even if we don't have kids, you're still the one I want to spend the rest of my life with. And then it was like four years later, we're like laying in bed and you know, you're kind of chit chatting and you know, just dozing off. And she was just like, Oh, by the way, there's something I want to talk to you about. And I'm like, okay, what's up? She goes, well, maybe having kids wouldn't be such a bad idea. And this is just totally out of left field. Like, nothing has prepared me for this. <laughs> and, of course, being a oh. man, I thought she meant right then. But she didn't mean right then. <laughs> <laughs> so, because we have to plan. We have to open a bank account. And we have to start saving money that's just for our child. And <laughs> Yeah. So Smart. Oh, Smart. oh, it is. Oh, it is. Because it's not me, trust me. If it was left to me, then, (laughs) yeah, Isaac would be like, you know, have nothing. (laughs) But anyway, so what's what's getting you your wrestling fix lately? Oh, my wrestling fix? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, what's what's keeping you you in the the wrestling loop? So I, um, like you know, with my own personal collection... I have a very lengthy collection of wrestling on my hard drives. Okay. I have an insane amount of matches, maybe over 4,000 matches on hard drives, like single matches. So I am doing fine. I think I can last five pandemics with the amount of footage that I have to watch. So I've just been watching a lot of like old school Ring of Honor um, lots of Alex Shelley, of course. Um, I watch um, some obscure stuff too, like <laughs> um, Wrestling Society X, like the old. I, I don't know if you ever heard of that. That's is uh, that's the one where they made thirteen episodes, but they only broadcast yeah. twelve or something. Yes, I have yeah, the yeah. full. I have the full season, and I haven't even watched yeah, it yet. Like, 
exactly. I just watch like different stuff. Like I like the older stuff more. Than, yeah. Not that I like the older stuff more than the new stuff. I just feel like I like being reminded of things. Um, like uh, there was this one weekend in Ring of Honor that we went to back. I I think it was oh five or six, and uh, we went on a road trip. It was me. Um, Rip Impact and Josh Alexander and and we went us three and watched and it was honestly one of the best like if you're looking at the cards yeah one of the best Ring of Ring of Honor weekends of all time in history of Ring of Honor okay um so it, it like I I went back and watched that entire weekend back like it has like the Brian Danson versus Lance Storm the Blood Generation versus versus Do Fixer like some of the most iconic old ROH uh, matches. Yeah. So I just I just been digging into like a lot of old stuff. So I'm I'm doing I'm doing good. I'm, I I can get past anything with this amount of footage that I got. Well, that that's kind of what I'm doing is like I have Honor Club and I've I'm going. Oh, you do? Yeah, I have the Honor Club, and um, I um, I think that goes back to 2011. I think. And yeah, for like yeah. pay-per-views and stuff. So yeah, I went back does. there and I started there and I'm kind of building myself up. And it's, I love seeing like, I, I, there was one match where they're, they're running down the card and I'm trying to think, uh, it was Adam Cole versus Michael, Michael Bennett. Okay. And, but again, this is back in like 2011, 2012, which is only like yeah. eight, nine years ago. But still, like they come to the ring and you're just kind of like, like, wow, that's that's what they look like. <laughs> and, yeah, no, I know. And then they have these matches, and it's just, it's, I just, I love watching, you know, where they came from, and kind of comparing it to sure. where they are now, type thing. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Like, especially with like Michael Bennett, where I had seen Michael Bennett several times but you know he goes to wwe and he doesn't have that great of a run but then i go back and i look at michael bennett and just like wow like you know you start to see like wow i wish he would have gotten more of an opportunity yeah for sure so and what are you gonna do right well yeah it's not like it's my call (laughs) (laughs) so anyway um thank you so much for uh for staying up with me for so late yeah, no worries, man. It's not a problem. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. And hopefully, well, what do you think this is going to look like on the other side? Oh, geez, I, I didn't think we would go the whole interview without you bringing it up. That's I'm oh, surprised I'm s- you brought it up. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want? I can edit this out if you want. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Leave it in. Leave it in. Well, Honestly, that seems to be I, one of like that seems to be one of my go tos. Is like, what do you think this is going to look like on the other side? And no, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I don't know what it looks like on the other side, to be honest. Like, I, especially for me, like coming, like I work at a job that we we hold events in a stadium full of twenty four thousand people. Yeah. So I don't know what it looks like. I if if I'm thinking independence, like I know it's a smaller crowd in a in a smaller venue um, compared to what I do. In, like my real job, but yeah. like, I, I think it's more feasible to do that. Uh, like, I think that would be, I, I, I honestly think it's not going to be a problem to have indie shows on the other side. 
but that's just that's just me. Yeah. I, I don't really know. Um, you know, every day we're learning. Now every day we're learning that things are now possibly opening up or taking shape. Uh, that we could be good in a couple months, but then the next day you hear something different. So yeah, I'm just kind of trying to keep myself busy over here and uh, get through it all. Now, do you have do you have any opportunity to like do reps or anything, or you know keep kind of keep your uh, like your uh, you know are you getting any practice? I guess I should say for wrestling. Me? Yeah. No, not really. No. Honestly. Uh, no, I don't think many people are in this time. And it's, well, it's it, the yeah, safest. It's, it's probably very hard to. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, the safest thing is to do is probably wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. But, I mean, like I know there's, there's there's some people out there that uh you know, they have access to a gym or they have access to uh to like a, a wrestling a school ring. or something, yeah. So Yeah, I guess that would Yeah, I guess that would be true, but this time I'm not. I'm just kind of uh doing the old studying yeah. and uh I think that'll get me by for now. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh for spending time with me tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, we'll we'll friend. see we'll see each other, I'm sure, sometime on the other side. Okay, sounds good. All right, take care, man. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. All right, so that was Alessandro Del Bruno, and I I mentioned last week about how I'm starting to get into kind of a, a, a not not a rut, but I'm getting repetitious. Uh, asking people about the pandemic, and uh, Alessandro pointed it out, like, oh, I, I didn't know if you were going to make it through the whole podcast without uh, without asking about it. And I don't, I, I don't quite know if he wanted to talk about it or if he wanted me to try to make it to the finish line without talking about it. But that, it made me think that, man, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I would have been happy if I would have gone over an hour with Alessandro Del Bruno and not not once really brought up the pandemic. I brought it up near the beginning about how, hey, how, how are you doing in this sideways world, which seems to be kind of my go-to open, which maybe it shouldn't. Um, but maybe I'm just getting into, you know, a routine, a repetition. And in, in some instances, a routine and a repetition is good, but... You know, I'm not a I'm not a, a repetition guy. I I try to break the monotony whenever possible. So we'll see what happens next week. Actually, I already know what happens next week. But you know, I'm not a spoiler guy. That's stupid. I'm not going to tell you what happens next week. If 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 that's if that's the hook that has to bring you back, then uh, then all so be it. Um, I truly do appreciate everybody clicking on the play button. I said that at the beginning, but I do. I appreciate every time people click that play button and it's getting more and more and more and those numbers are getting higher and higher and I just I can't believe. It. I'll be I'll be totally honest with you guys. Uh about a month ago, I I was thinking, you know, I'd, I maybe I've peaked. Maybe I you know, I I get a good number of listeners. At least I did a month ago, and I thought, yeah, but is it really worth it? You know, it's is it really worth my time but it is i i enjoy it and that's why i decide yeah like fuck it i i enjoy doing this podcast i enjoy talking uh even if no one's listening i have fun doing this and then over the last month 
the the listens got more and more and more and not just the people that were on the podcast not not like the newer episodes but people were going back and listening to the older episodes nothing against Matthew Grant but every month Matthew Grant um is still getting listens and like I've th- today was episode 49 so there's 48 other episodes um but what the, the 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 statistics I get or the analytics I get show me the last I think month, and not everybody, not all forty nine episodes or forty eight episodes because you know Alessandro Del Bruno is just going out now. Um, not all episodes are on this one month list, although the list is getting longer and longer and longer now. Um, but Matthew Grant is always, always, always on this list. He was episode number one, but people are still going back and listening to his episode over and over and over and over. And I appreciate every single one of you who listens, who enjoys, who interacts with me. I I love when people interact with me. I I am on Facebook, uh, Matthew Terry. Uh, I don't know what, what, what is my thumbnail? Oh, the thumbnail is Prince Isaac and myself inside of a wrestling ring. Um, you know, find me on there, interact with me. Uh, there's also, uh, Twitter at announcer Terry at, uh, time to fight pod. I, I don't watch the time to fight pod one. Um, someone else does, but Laura, I don't handle it. I should say I watch it. Um, I get notifications if something goes to it or is reacted to it and stuff like that. Uh, so you can get a hold of me either way. And if it's, if it's pertinent to me, I will answer, I will react, I will do whatever. Uh, but yeah, at announcer Terry at time to fight pod. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really loving this, uh, this podcast more and more. Just like I really, really, really love my wife today, May 19th, 2020 on wife day. And who, how can I possibly forget? How can I possibly forget Prince Isaac? Who, as I say every single week, dude, I love you. I love it too.